Welcome to the Get Wealthy Podcast, where wellness doesn't suck. I'm your host, Michelle Smith. We feeling wealthy, uh, we getting healthy. Hey listeners, it's Michelle. Before we dive into this week's episode, I want to set up a few disclaimers for you. First, I am not an expert. I'm also not going to pretend to be nor act as if I have all of the answers. Instead, I'm an observer and I want to share some of the observations that I've gathered over the years and what I've seen from the perspective of my platform candidly in regards to diets, diet culture, social media, wellness, etc. My goal is not to diminish any role that these diets may bring to the table, but instead to shed a light on why it might not be working for you and reframe their roles in our paths to wellness. There are reasons why any specific diet may not work for you. And if they aren't, it's not because you are broken. It's because there are main areas of wellness, roots of wellness, that these diets don't address. Things that touch us all. Some include access, economics, lifestyle, mental health, stress, etc. I think it's a wonderful place to be when masses of people are interested in improving their wellness through food. I just think that we're missing the mark on the macro level of what isn't working. I don't have all the answers. I'm not going to pretend to have all the answers, but I think it's important to keep asking questions, challenging and progressing so that we can get some answers. Enjoy the conversation. Welcome to Get Wealthy. I am your host, Michelle Smith, and I am joined by my season two temporary co-host, Brad. She built that up. She had like a look on her face and everything. Like a glint in my eye. Thought today was going to be the big reveal. No. Still temporary, but still amazing. Oh, thank you. Still well-loved. There's many temporary things that are amazing. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Temporary tattoos are pretty amazing. Like shooting stars. Oh, that's (laughs) nice. (laughs) I come up with temporary (laughs) tattoos, and yours is nice and sentimental. Um, The shooting star of the Get Wealthy podcast. Oh, well, you know what? I actually am quite fond of temporary tattoos. When I was Slash for Halloween one year, I felt like a badass. You were, rock- those- you were rocking it at, uh, at drop-off and pick-up and at the, oh my God. At the soccer games. I honestly, I mean, I had almost like a sleeve <laughs> of stuff going on, some large temporary tattoos, and I felt I felt it. I felt a new vibe. I, I think I should force myself to do it because... To get another temporary tattoo? No, a real... <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I just get the same temporary tattoos like on just like, you know, subscription. <laughs> nice. Oh, anyways, welcome to season two. Thank you. I'm really excited for this season. Yes, it'll be awesome. I think our first season was great. We had amazing guests. Um, I think I've learned a lot through just talking to our guests and also what I want to do with this podcast and just some not even a change of direction, but just like a change of tweaks, adjustments. Yeah. Even just attitude and just like realizing what works and realizing like the voice that we have, we can share. I want to lean a little bit more into the nuance of it all this season too. Okay. Cause I think we've learned for me, the whole reason I wanted to start this was like health and wellness is not black and white and yeah. it's not what we're seeing on social media. Um, so leaning into that, and I think this first episode is going to be a good gateway into that. 
Can I can I not call you out, but can sure. I ask you a pointed question? Absolutely. What have you uh, not? What have you learned from our first season one? But what have you actually implemented that has made a change in what you're doing? Our walking more. Okay. So I would say daily walks, but now that school's out of session, I mean, granted we were on vacation. Yeah. But um, the early morning sunshine and the walks, I feel like I won't give that up. Yeah. And that's such a little thing, and so many of our guests talked about it yeah and it makes a difference it, it honestly the days i didn't go on a walk i didn't sleep as great yeah well, the circadian I mean, rhythm does get thrown off yeah and i was realizing too like you know looking back on you know our first season like it all comes down to like such little little things totally. and little changes that you can make that just if you you know compound them and habit stacking and all that that these little changes just really make large difference right which i think goes back to another thing which is the whole premise of this podcast is that we're led to believe that we need to have these giant changes and whether it's dietary or exercise and we see things going on online you know somebody training for this or that or crossfit or you know everything's so extreme yeah that it doesn't need to be that way yeah and those goals don't somebody else's goals don't mean we need to adapt those goals for us. If someone else's goals is to get a six pack or run an Ironman, those are great goals for them. Yeah. But we kind of tend to fall into this trap of saying, well, I need those goals. I don't need those goals. Yeah. No, they're, 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 they should be very, very specific and very, they're very individual. Absolutely. So, I mean, those, those could be your goals if that's what you're truly interested in, in or either the end result or the process. And that's great. Um, I mean, I've had some of those and they're great, but yeah, yeah, you're right though. Like you shouldn't just pick them up just kind of out of a hat. Cause it seems like everyone's doing right. it. Um, but it also leads me to this episode, which is why any of these trendy diets that cycle through every five to 10 years yeah. that we're seeing on social media, why none of them are going to magically change our life. Yeah. And spoiler alert, guys, you don't get like a really cool expert on this. You get two really cool <laughs> non-experts on this. Hey, I no, I'd say I'm pretty expert on seeing what's working and what's not. Yes. Um, I'm in a unique position that I have a large enough platform on social media to be able to receive enough DMs, <laughs> enough tags, enough insight into what people are doing. And one thing I want to say is I'm sure people are going to automatically make the assumption that I'm speaking directly about Whole30 because that's what I've had the most experience with. It is not. This is not about one specific diet. It's about all of them, mm -hmm. whether it's vegan or vegetarian or keto, which I have so many thoughts on that even paleo and um and whole 30 like all of these diets i've witnessed i see people cycle through from one to another to another i see what they're eating i see what they're commenting with each other yeah. and they're they all have similarities that i've observed that aren't working yeah and why i think people are attached to them yeah can i say one i mean i don't know if it would be a disclaimer but I also, I think that like neither one of us, and maybe I'm just speaking for myself, like I don't think we're really... Wait, speak for yourself before you speak okay, for I'll me. Okay, <laughs> I'll speak for myself. I'm not really against, like I don't think any of these, 
you know, we want to just call them fad diets just as a shorthand. I don't think any of them are inherently bad or bad for you or worse or anything like that. What I think is bad is the kind of the dogmatic adherence to them that these are like the one, like the right way to eat and the right way to do things. I don't think any of these things are actually bad. I think any of them can be incorporated into a healthy lifestyle, but I think, and I I know that we're planning on talking about this a little later, but I think the problem lies where you just get convinced that that is the way. And when you're convinced that your way is the right way, that makes all the other ways. (laughs) Well, and I think that's, that's where I think we might diverge a little bit is that I do think that they are actually more problematic than we think because of what you just said is that all of these diets do the proponent. This is it, right? This is how you should eat. And so people get into that mindset of, you know, and that you stole my word dogmatic. (laughs) I've seen people in, I don't think a diet should ever be a part of your identity Yeah, for so many reasons. Yeah. Um, just like we see identity politics right now playing out, we're seeing diet, identity diets. <laughs> diet and I think that you get into a really murky waters with that. Yeah. Um, just for like disordered eating, yeah. lack of, you know, certain things. But I, I, I think in kind of saying you're disagreeing with me, I think, I think we, I think we're agreeing. Maybe we're just saying it differently, but I don't think the problems are inherently with the actual things that you're eating within those diets. Like, I don't think that's the problem. I think the problem more is Uh, how they identify with the diets. See, I do think that is a problem because I think when you eliminate an entire food group from your diet, whether that's from any of these diets, which is essentially what they're all telling you to do, that becomes problematic. Okay. And we can get into that. And I think there's some much more nuance and we'll get into some of the studies and what I think is happening. Yeah. But I do think that, and I question, you're getting way ahead of me, Brad. I've got all these notes. Like, look at, I have pages and pages of (laughs) notes. This episode is uh, highly structured. That's how how I roll, Michelle. I'm seated, I was going to say seated the pants. What's that term? It's not seated the pants. I don't know. Do you know what? We need somebody to like go at the end of this and be like, okay, this was the word Michelle was looking for. This is the phrase Brad was looking for. Well, that's, that's me usually because (laughs) your phrases and (laughs) idioms are all backwards and turned upside down. That's okay. Okay. We're on the intro though. Let me just tell you. All right. Intro. So I really wanted to do this because I do think I have a unique perspective into what's actually happening, happening. I am not adherent or a huge proponent at this point of any one particular diet. I've seen the vegan community enough. I've seen enough. I've, I've seen what's actually going on behind the curtain and what people are actually doing, saying whatever. I also realized after all of these guests we had on last year, all of these wonderful conversations we had with tips and different perspectives, not one of them brought up any of these specific diets true it was you know lowered sugar or you know th- certain things that we all know to be universal truths and no one brought up a burritos either so i'm going to take that to mean the burritos are fine um yeah maybe if you're eating them every day that's a thing some of these it's like we kind of automatically put burritos in junk food but like that's actually not true yeah if you make them with properly sourced mm-hmm. foods and veggies and some grains and it's not just like a rice with a wrapped in a 
flour tortilla, like you can get nutrients in a burrito. Green light, baby. Well, I don't think your taqueria <laughs> burritos that are the size of my head are exactly what I was talking about. Probably not. Um, so I also want to make clear that I understand as somebody with a food intolerance, this is not directed to that. There are people that have disease, Crohn's or whatever, that do have medically mm -hmm. dictated diets. This is not about yes, that. 100%. There are food intolerances. There's allergies. Um, and we'll get into a little bit more about that. But this is not in regards to that because I do recognize there are medical reasons to mm -hmm. eliminate certain things or be on a specific diet for whatever reason. So – this is for an average person with an Instagram account who's just <laughs> looking for, you know, optimal the health quote unquote and wellness. Right, way to eat. right, exactly. And and that will be the majority of people. Yeah. Um I also want to get into the role of social media in it. Mm -hmm. And you know, how that plays into it and what we're thinking everyone's doing or what the right thing is. Yeah. Um, but again, this is not diet specific and, and this another, is another not, disclaimer too. We're also not dietitians. No. And so, you know, this is obviously based on, I don't know what I like to think of as common sense and well, you with your, obviously you have a lot more experience background and, with yeah. that. Um, I also venture to say that going back to, the vast majority of people know what healthy versus not healthy is. Yes. And I'm not going to get into the nuance of, oh, healthy versus non-healthy. There are foods that are inherently healthy for us, and there are foods that are inherently unhealthy for us. Yes. And it's okay to have some of those unhealthy foods as long as they don't make up the majority of your diet. Right. So I, I don't – there's this also stigma around calling foods healthy or not healthy. Right. I mean, is a, is a potato chip – Cooked in coconut oil, healthy? Well, it's healthier than a, a Dorito. Yeah, than a Dorito, but it's also a lot less healthy than a, you know, salad. Than a, than a baked right. potato so, or than a salad. Yeah, or, so there are things that are healthy versus not. Right. We can accept that. Let's not get into the trivial, whatever, right. semantics of it. But you can also not demonize the foods that aren't optimal for health. Right. They don't need to be demonized. Yeah. Um, so I venture to say that the majority of people, if you gave them a quiz and said, here's an ice cream sundae, which would it be in? You can put it in one. Here's a salad. You can put it in one. Here's a McDonald's burger. Most people know one yeah. or the other. Um, and so one thing that I've realized, all these diets, I think, have great intentions. But they, if they were actually working, we wouldn't be cycling through them. We would see a marked difference in the health of an average American, which we are not seeing. Yeah. And I'd also venture to say that most of the people that are gravitating to these diets have some sort of a healthier mindset mm -hmm. that are looking to make changes. Um, so with that said, like we, I was already pretty health conscious. Yeah coming into paleo or whole 30. Mm -hmm. So it didn't make as huge of an impact as somebody who doesn't have that background. Right. Um, but here's, there's four things that I've identified that all of these diets have in common that they are not addressing, but mm -hmm. 
But unfortunately, I think these are the four issues that are really need to be addressed. Okay. It's not about whether you have meat or not or white rice or not. You ready for them? Oh, hit me. Okay. First up, we have access okay. to healthy foods. Okay. That's a huge problem for people. Yeah. Um, whether you live in a food desert, we are blessed we live in California where there are farmers markets. Oh, there's food deserts in California too. Oh, absolutely. I guess too. <laughs> Silicon Valley is a fantastic place for Bay Area. Yeah. We are fortunate to not have that issue. Food deserts, access economically mm-hmm. access. We are in a place that we can afford that. Um, so access to food is a huge thing. Yeah. I mean, it's a sad, it, it is a sad fact that, I mean, it's, you would think like the most simple foods to eat are healthy foods, but those are also some of the hardest to find and to obtain. Absolutely. I, well, even look at like, I understand this is not a food desert, but let's just use this as an example. Going to the airport, there's <laughs> nothing there. And like, unfortunately that is similar to how some communities are. Yeah. It is a pain in the ass for me to go and find, you know, it's gotten better. Yeah. Some airports I've traveled enough are much friendlier <laughs> on that, but some are just here's your Doritos and your soda or your water. Yeah. Um so access, none of these are really focused on access yeah. or improving access. I'm sure there's some micro things, but Let's that it's not taken into account so much. Um, another factor is emotional and trauma eating and mindset mm-hmm. because I am a firm believer, you know, we call it stress eating or whatever. But after hearing so many people talk this last year about the negative impacts of stress on our life, which I think the vast majority of us struggle with. Oh, yeah, we heard we heard stress and cortisol, I think, in like. If not every episode. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. So that's a huge problem. So when our mind is in constant stress or fight or flight mode, we don't have the neural mechanisms in place to be making good choices. Yeah. So healing trauma, addressing emotional states, anxiety, all of these mental health issues that very many more people struggle with than would ever admit out loud i would say too there's many people i think that's yeah and that's i think that's a big like overlooked part of it too because i mean anybody even if you don't struggle with this you know on a on a constant basis anyone can anyone can can remember a time where they've either been stressed at work or super tired or something where you just you know you're stressed and then you just, you make that that food decision that isn't the best in the moment in the moment yeah and I would call that kind of like an acute case of this so you know you're running late whatever and then you just grab something shove it in your mouth and go mm-hmm. and that's like more like on the acute side of things but when you have that stress constantly twenty that you know twenty four seven it turns into a more yeah exactly it turns into more of a chronic problem where yeah. you're just constantly making these bad decisions. And then obviously, if you're choosing to eat foods that aren't that don't fuel fuel you properly, your body isn't going to respond. Then when your body isn't doesn't respond, it's just a it's a cycle. Absolutely. Your body isn't responding well, then you're not going to feel well, and you're not going to be you know clear and all that. So it's right, just, it's it not a priority. It. Yeah, it, your priority ends up being more survival than 
<laughs> what you're eating in that moment. And yeah. let's be honest, like the sugary, carby, whatever plate is going to sound far more appetizing. Mm-hmm. No one's addressing that as a real pillar of their diet. Okay. Um, I also think society is in a place today that prevents us from doing it. We have these lifestyles, busy, busy, busy. Everyone works so much. There's just not room for food prep, for making healthy choices, because unfortunately, most of the processed foods out there, there are more. I really like Daily Harvest, but again, that goes into some economic factors. The convenience is not usually hand in hand with healthy. No, no, it's not. So um, they are. We have some <laughs> diametrically in, opposed. Yeah, I think we have some things in society that really prevent us from, you know, and also the society factor plays into stress, like all of this, like lifestyle, that it's go go go, and we don't allow the time for it. Yeah, you have to either to work out, you either have to wake up early in the morning before your workday starts, or at the end of the day. When you're freaking exhausted, yeah, you know, it, it takes a lot. It does take a lot of effort in our society to do that. Yeah, and go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say, like, it just when you said that, um, it just kind of jogged my my thought process in terms of like if you look at you know more if you look at more traditional societies for lack of a better term that food prep took up was a priority tons of time i get took up probably like i mean i'm just going to throw it out there maybe like a quarter or half of the half of the day half of the time. And so that was, you know, obviously, you know, there's a reason that we have conveniences to make things more convenient. But I think in most cases, people still haven't found that balance between, you know, taking all day to <laughs> to food prep and make, you know, make good, satisfying meals and then throwing something in the microwave. Yeah. So there's a lot of Absolutely. room between the two. Absolutely. Um, our final final pillar here that I feel is not addressed, it is also a problem with all of this, is education, economics, and communities. And I kind of put that all together and I went back and forth because it, it is linked to access, obviously, economically. Uh, access, I was thinking, is like more like ge- geographical, but mm. this is also links into lifestyle. There are communities that really struggle with this, that there are more single moms out there working one job that don't have the the access to time yeah. or finances to be able to do this. And those are a lot of the people that are really struggling. Yeah. And I'd even venture to say that there's a trauma component in some of these communities as well. Yeah. And so, you know, None of these diets, whether it's vegan or paleo or whatever, are really addressing these real problems with food mm-hmm. that I think will make the biggest impact. And, you know, there's some that impact us. For example, lifestyle, I think, is a hard one when everyone's commuting and traveling and this and that and working. We're all touched by it one way or another. Yeah. And I think that it's a disservice that these are the things that we need to be focusing on at the root of it. But I don't see that prevalent in the media or social media. So these are things that I've identified as like actual problems. Yep. So with that said, we can go to our next chapter, Brad. Oh, thank you, Michelle. Um, 
which is that these diets seem to work for some people. Yes. Some people. Some people. I think it, that we hear the hero stories. Yes. Well, the thing is, I, I think a thing that t- to get away from, and I forget who we were talking to um, about this, but you realize that like everybody, every obviously <laughs> everybody's different. We're all unique. But everybody, but for real, like your body is going to respond differently to different things than somebody else's. Right. There's so a lack tr- of individualism. Right. So when you try to in use place of these dogmatic systems and adherence oh. to the community standards, go ahead. Sorry, she just got all wide-eyed and wily, crazy looking on that one. <laughs> um, yeah, it's just everybody just kind of thinks it's a one size fits all, and that's where you have to be willing to almost do a little bit of like self experimentation to what works best for you. Because everyone's going to be, you know, um, there's going to be intolerances. There's going to be things that your body responds to that somebody else might, that kind of thing. Well, and I also think it's where is your starting point? Because we see all these hero stories from keto of someone who's like, oh, I've dropped 150 pounds on keto. And look at me now. Well, where did you start from? Yeah. And a diet like keto that is so heavy on carb elimination, Mm -hmm. it if any diet is focused on that, well, you're going to naturally, if you say, okay, low, low carbs, you're going to naturally eliminate the cake, the pizza, mm-hmm. the crap from your diet. Yeah. So maybe it's not such a function of the keto component as the function that you've gotten rid of all that crap. Yeah. I, and that's not just keto too. That's, that's true with paleo whole 30 is that, okay, well, obviously you're going to have some results when you eliminate all sugar from your diet, mm-hmm. all of cheese, all of this. When you eliminate so much, you're getting rid of all this stuff that was problematic in the first place. Yeah. I think, and again, as a, sorry, I feel like I'm doing a lot of disclaimers. Um, I haven't tried a keto diet um, or a fat adapted diet. Um, I've seen that it works for some people, just friends of people that I associate with either at work or personally. But I think the problem with that is because keto is, for one, well, for one, it can be kind of. I think it's a hard one to follow because it can be you done, do it well, right. It can be done dirty. <laughs> I mean, you have the people out there who's like, oh, wait, I, I can eat cheese and bacon, you know, all the time and it's, it's keto. Cool. No, that's, I mean, anybody in their right mind can tell you that that's not a healthy way to be eating. Right. But There's, I also think that with keto, because it does look starkly different dramatically than most people actually eat i think keto especially tends to more of kind of the yo-yo dieting where somebody will and i actually i know people that do this they use keto to as almost like a jump start because they want to lose 20 pounds or 30 pounds or whatever and they do but obviously for most people's again i'm saying most for most people's daily experience that is not a sustainable option for them they're not going to eschew carbs 100 percent of carbs it's not forever. a sustainable diet it's silly I'm people sorry, do it and hop pe- on a van i'm sorry I, for I some people for some you're people very nice. <laughs> no but for some people they it might Absolutely. be but i'm saying for the vast majority of people in our society where we live that's not how they're going to be eating for the rest of their lives right so because of that they're going to come off they're going to go back to their old habits. It's going to be kind of thought of as a quick fix. Go back to their old habits and then boom, boom, boom. And then you have the right. And And I think that goes into, it goes back to the, is this sustainable? 
Is it good to be cutting out an entire food group, which it essentially strives to do, which is carbs. I know that there's some carbs in keto. I know it's not a zero carb diet. You wouldn't function off a zero carb diet medically. I don't think that that's possible. But again, it's like, are the results actually from the diet or the results because you've cut out all the other junk? Both. I I do think there, there, I mean, there there is science saying that fat is a better burning fuel than carbs in a lot of cases. Right. And that get you're jumping again to the scientific data. It's okay. But again, we threw out fat in the 80s and 90s because it was so bad for us. Now we realize, oh, no, there's good fat. I think that there is good fat. I think that there is benefits. You know, we we say, oh, carbs are terrible, whatever. But when you pull in a standard American group of people that are adherent to the standard American diet and they're eating carbs all day long and then you cut them, you're going to see improvement right. in that and because it's sh- i do believe in a lower carb diet i don't believe in super hard, high carbs but i don't believe in super high anything except for even plants you probably should just like. <laughs> athletic greens athletic greens athletic greens i am super excited that they are a sponsor of get wealthy and just to make it clear i'm sorry what was their name again Athletic Greens. (laughs) This is why you're temporary. You got to pay attention. So let me make this clear. We actually reached out to them. Um, My friend, my dear friend, Kristen, loved their products. I wanted to give them a try because I really trust her opinion. And so I asked her to make a connection. Mm -hmm. She introduced us. And here we are. I'm super excited to share their products with our audience. I use it every morning now. Mm -hmm. And I feel really good. That's great. Um, You're supposed to ask, like, What do you use it for? Tell me more, Michelle. Tell me more, Michelle. Okay. So (laughs) basically, it's a supplement powder that you drink in the morning. It's that easy. Um, There are 75 vitamins, minerals, and whole sourced food, whole food sourced ingredients. Goes well with the wholesomeness. Very nice. Which is actually important to me because there's a lot of crap in a lot of vitamins and supplements, if you haven't noticed. Yeah. But they have really clean ingredients um, that support digestion, gut health, nervous system, immune system, energy, efficient energy production, antioxidants, and superfoods, including adaptogens. You know I'm a fan of adaptogens. I know you are. Um, things like uh, licorice root powder, reishi, shiitake mushroom powder. All of this stuff. So here's what I do every morning. I mix it up with some ice water, add a bunch of ice, sit down, and enjoy it. And it tastes great, too. It tastes really good. It's not one of those things where you just have to, like, chug down because you know it's good no. for you. It actually has a good flavor. Totally. And it's so nice to know that, like, I can start my day off and have all of this, my nutrients kind of covered for that. Yeah. Because I do love supplements. Yeah. If you look in our pantry. It's a daily insurance policy. Make sure that yes. all your needs are met. <laughs> You sound like State Farm. <laughs> um, Brad from State Farm. Okay, if you look in our pantry, how many things of supplements are in there? Oh, my God. <laughs> I love supplements, and I love vitamins and all of that stuff, but I'm really bad at taking it. And then, as you know, like it's kind of hard to take 20 freaking pills. I don't think now. you should take 20 freaking pills. No, which is nice. Now you can just have a nice cool drink in the morning. So athletic greens and just to be clear you don't need to be an athlete to take it i wouldn't put myself in an athlete category yeah what do you want me to say (laughs) nothing you should agree but it's just a great way to get this nutrition nutrition nutrient dense stuff into your body in an easy way Mm -hmm. 
I just, it's part of my morning ritual now. Yeah, that's great. So if you would like to try Athletic Greens for yourself, you should definitely check out the link in our show notes Mm -hmm. and give it a try. I think you'll be really happy. I'm really happy. I wouldn't promote it. I wouldn't share that if we weren't. Yeah, that's and that's one thing that we've said in the past. And we'll keep saying that, you know, we will only promote stuff that we 100% believe in. Yep. And use regularly. Yep. Absolutely. Every Everybody that we've ever had on this show, any advertisers, have always been products that if you walked into our front door, you would find them. So we really love them. All right. I'm going to go have some. Well, I already had some today. Okay. Sometimes I want an afternoon one, but Maybe I don't know if that's like overkill. Right. Then I will go steal some of yours. All right. Perfect. <laughs> well, it's ours. Fair enough. <laughs> But then again, but I'm going to kind of go back and going to poke at that a little bit. Is it, it still depends. poke at me. That's a weird. (laughs) Anyway, it still depends. Cause like I've been, I'm what I call a little bit of a down cycle in my running right now, but I've been running a lot over the last couple of years. Yeah. And there's a big difference between, and a big difference in your, um, in your nutrition needs. If you're running 30, 40 miles a week. Right. As opposed to if you are sitting on the couch watching Netflix for five Absolutely. hours a day. So if you if those two people are eating the same amount of carbs, one because they need it to fuel them on their runs, and the other is just because that's you what's, need snacks on Netflix. I mean, yeah. duh. What <laughs> is the point of Netflix without exactly? So, but I, but those are two completely different right. needs. So again, that just kind of points to this: it's not a one size fits all. But this, but I think so much of it is being marketed as a one size fits right. all, where there's so much more nuance involved in that. Yeah, and I've and I've tried to, you know, kind of lower my carbs and still run the same amount, and it it doesn't it, work. No, it doesn't. It doesn't feel. No. It doesn't feel good. Well, and I think I've, and again, this goes back to finding your individual needs. Is that I absolutely, and I think there are some studies which we can get into. The benefit or lack of benefit which studies, of studies. Michelle, which studies? Which studies are you picking? Um, or are you looking at that? Keto is harder for, on women's bodies. Like we mm-hmm. have very different body makeup than men, hormonally, and then some. So I do have function on a, a lower carb, but I need carbs. Like I've tried reducing them more, and I just feel like I'm going to pass out all day. Yeah, and I don't think that's good. Well, you're just um, not trying hard enough, Michelle. You have to work through oh the pass gosh. out phase. <laughs> Just kidding. Just kidding. That was a joke. Which kind of, you know what? It's not a joke though, because people start feeling terrible on some of these diets and it's like, oh, it's keto flu or whatever, which it's like, okay, I get there's a detox detox process, but you know, yes, I agree that there's going to be some shifts in it, but then you also have to think about, is that, are you always feeling that way? Is it just because you are purging so much sugar and junk out of your system? I don't know. And I don't think most people actually... All right, I'm, this is the time for Brad's PSA. If the way you're eating is making you not feel good and sick, don't do it. Yeah. I mean, I get it in the beginning, any change is going to be, but maybe you don't need that drastic a change to like maybe. shock your system yeah, into it. Yeah, maybe you slow you down slow the, it up. the adjustment period. Um, And, you know, something I have been doing a lot more reading and understanding about, and again, I'm not going to, any of this, We'll make clear. I'm not going to pretend like I'm such an expert, but I am very observant. Mm -hmm. And I think one of the things that is a really great quality of mine, I think you might agree, is that Eh, we'll see. (laughs) (laughs) I'm never really attached to an outcome. I'm very 
unbiased as a human being. I can look mm-hmm. at an issue and I don't have, whether it's political or this or like relationship, like I don't think, I think one of my benefits is that I'm not a very biased person. Like I'm not stubborn. No. I'm not, I'm very open-minded. I agree with that. Um, On all of this. So, you know, I've been doing a lot of research. I'm not going to pretend like I am a expert, but I am very observant and intellectually curious and not attached to an outcome. Lately, I've been doing a lot of research about cutting out grains from my diet. Okay. Because as you know, I've had a lot of gastro, gastro, (laughs) gastro, (laughs) gastro, um, abdominal issues that have started actually mostly after I did my first whole 30, if I'm being honest. Yeah. Um, I feel it's gluten because it usually happens after gluten, but I didn't have those issues before. Yeah. So why is that? When I first talked about it, uh, the reason was, oh, well, you've always had this gluten intolerance and the antibodies are gone. So when the antibodies are gone, but then gluten intolerance, that would be celiac right. because the antibodies are around that. So it's it's really hard to dive into the science of this because there isn't a lot out there. So why is it that if I have gluten, I have such a violent reaction. Like I feel like if you as a listener can picture your worst hangover, like your worst hangover that you're like over the stomach, kneeling, cramped up both ends over the stomach, what is over that? the toilet. Sorry <laughs> <laughs> for three days. And then I get rashes on my body, but I was fine before. Yeah. But then there's sometimes we had, I'd gotten, grabbed some white corn tortillas one time and I realized the next morning I looked at the package and there was gluten in it and I didn't have a reaction. Yeah. So why is that? I don't have an answer. Yeah. And I don't think it's just because I eliminated it and then opened up stuff. The fact that my, like, I don't have an answer from Western medicine. I don't have an answer from a more holistic source. Mm-hmm. Gives me pause that maybe I shouldn't have eliminated all grains and gluten for so long that something's going on. I don't know. And that's what yeah. I'm saying is I don't know. And if I don't know, and somebody can't give me that answer, yeah. maybe we shouldn't be telling everybody to eliminate entire food groups from their diet. Yeah. Except for sugar, <laughs> but no, even that, no, you I mean, added, sugar. added, added sugar. Sorry. I'd even venture to say some yes, added caveat sugar too. is fine. There's caveats everywhere. No, I know exactly. And I question eliminating that. I question yeah. eliminating all meat. I think some of these studies that show, you know, again, we're gonna, this is, this is a point. Look at all my notes so we can get into the scientific data. There's each of these diets can produce a scientific study, a small scientific study <laughs> that shows that they are the best. Yes. Vegans can show that meat and dairy and all of that animal byproducts produce cancer. Then you can look at grain brain. Oh, if you have grains, this produces brain inflammation or whatever. And it's like, you're both literally cherry, both sides are cherry picking, which studies they want to present to their audience Mm -hmm. to support that. But they aren't, no one's talking to each other about all of these studies that will, you, you can find a study 
to promote whatever you want. Oh, absolutely. And people have been doing it for years. Right. Um, so that leaves me like, well, where are we? Because here's the thing, too. Again, going back to like I'm keto. Gonna find, I'm going to find my study that says that burritos and bourbon are <laughs> You could start a, a burrito bourbon <laughs> diet. Um, so let's, let's put vegans on the spotlight for a while. Just like with keto, you know, you can show scientific proof that cutting carbs is great. But when you sample a study of people who are on the standard American diet and then they stop that, you're going to see something different versus mm-hmm. like having some mild to moderate grains in your diet. Okay. So vegans, let's say they have all these studies that will show a lack of, you know, a decrease in cancer rates for those who don't consume animal byproducts. Yeah. Well, what about having a study that shows people who eat properly sourced meat at smaller to my moderate amounts, mm-hmm. which I think is healthy. I don't think we should be eating meat at every meal. We're so focused on our micro plate mm-hmm. as if that's what matters when we should be looking at our like daily, weekly, overall nutritional needs. Yeah. Um. So are you going to venture to say that that's that different? Yeah. I don't think so. Yeah. So instead of throwing the, I think, you know, I just keep seeing everyone throw the baby out with a bathwater, which I love that scene. It's like, Oh, no meat or, Oh, no grains. And it's like, actually let's come to a like consensus, this moderate nuanced idea that some grains are good for you. Yeah you shouldn't be having them every single meal all the time. And some meat is good for you. Not problematic, but you don't need to. And, but that's the thing. Yeah. But I I think that a lot of the problem for people, like if you're going out to say you're, you get stuck, you know, you didn't bring your lunch to, to work or whatever the case may be. And your choice is going to, you know, if you feel like you have to get kind of meat in for the day and your only choice is a McDonald's burger, is that the right, <laughs> you know, maybe, maybe you don't eat meat that day when you yeah, can't get the, wrong with that. the right kind. Or, you know, if you are stuck with having, having carbs on your plate, all right, if the only carbs available are French fries, maybe, maybe you don't do it that day. I mean, yeah. I guess what I'm saying is just that, um, I don't know, I lost my train of thought actually. Kind of like in more moderation, like it doesn't yeah. have to be so black and white. Yeah. Well, I think that's one thing that I started noticing. And I will say, I think I've seen a change in, you know, the obviously the community that I'm most exposed to is Whole30 and Paleo. Mm-hmm. And I see people's posts and critiques of, because a lot of people post their meals and all that, critiques of this or that. And, you know, I started seeing like, there's Facebook groups where people post their meals and everything. And then everyone jumps on and critiques them. It's like, Oh, you don't have enough meat. You don't have enough this. And it's like, okay. The whole idea of critiquing someone's plate to me, I get, (laughs) I get is helpful for some, but I don't think that is all that productive, but the idea then that you would have to have to have. And I, I think that's a pillar that is a newer one. Maybe I wasn't familiar with that. You need to have like certain portions of, whatever at each meal. Hmm. Um, maybe I just wasn't as good at it as I thought I was. But I mean, that's the thing is it's like, 
you can have an amazing salad that's healthy that has some quinoa or not even and still have satiety like you don't need that satiety you're giving me a look I did. I, I thought that was a trademarked uh, Michelle made up word. I think it's a real word. Satiety, yes, but the way you said Sati- satiatedness. Satiety? Is that it? I don't think you're right either. Yeah, S-A-T-I-E-T-Y, it's one of those words you see. Satiety. I don't know. It's one of those words you see written and you know what it means and you understand it, but then like you don't really say it out loud usually. That's a problem I have with this. It's like respite. Respite? Respite? I, I know. I don't know which one it is. I, I just <laughs> avoid dive, saying it that way. On dive? On dive. I say on dive. On dive? I don't know. It sounds that's more like a French. Half, that's a halfway between But it's two. French. It sounds more French. But French should be on dive. Not on dive. Oh, you know what? Okay, we're taking a little tangent right now. <laughs> okay, so I saw something last night on TV, on Real Housewives, I think it was, of Beverly Hills. They had a French dinner this is what i do when you're gone they had a french themed (laughs) dinner okay and so you know the vegetable Mm h-a-r-i-c-o-t space v-e-r-t green beans yes green beans yes well i didn't know that's what it was i didn't know it was haricovert I always thought it was just haircut. Haircut verts? Oh, my God. Because <laughs> I'd never say it out loud. I'd say green beans. And then they said something like haricot vert. And so, like, my mind, like, oh my exploded. I was like, duh. Like, oh, my gosh. All of this, like, really came together. Thank God I've never attempted to say that out loud. It's, again, just a word I saw. I know it means green beans, whatever. Thank God. I never was like giving some sort of speaking engagement and said, incorporate more haricot verts oh <laughs> into your diet. I was like, dang. But you know what? I guarantee you that there was maybe one woman at that table that actually knew that. I think it was the chef who said the haricot verb. Did I say it right? You did. Haricot <laughs> Oh, I will call out Dorit, though, first. She did say, because she said something about, because they were having a lunch. She's mm-hmm. like, would I even eat coca at 12 in France or in Paris? She's like, isn't that the time they're having croissant? <laughs> I was like, oh, gee, oh, you're really trying to, like, drop the, like, you'd have to know her character. Many of the people listening to this aren't going to get it, but no. many will and be like, yeah. Very Dorit move. Do you think Anyways, we have a lot of crossover with uh, Real Housewives of... You would be surprised. Of where? Of wherever it is? Of uh, Beverly Hills? Yeah. Yeah. Really? There's a lot of crossover between Get Wealthy and... Did you know that one of our advertisers is... One of the founders of our advertisers uh-huh. is actually on this season? Oh. That's great. That's great. Anyway. No, stop. No, I'm kidding. You love it. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to out you right now. You, when your schedule permitted, were a huge fan. Uh-huh. I Table flipping Teresa, Teresa Judah, Dujici. Oh, the, well, that is. Prostitution whore. You have, if if the listeners could see this look on your face. Real Housewives of New Jersey, that one season was, yeah. You used to watch Beverly Hills and no. Orange County. No. Yeah. I, babe, I, Vicky. With I know the, what you're saying. I dabbled. I You enjoyed it and I The Bachelor. S- I sat with you and Don't watched it, but I would not say that I 
it's not something I would I would turn on and watch by myself or that I not need like to see what sir, happens not next. like Vanderpump rules I never turned on Vanderpump rules you and binged it, it during you couldn't stop binging it during I, what, I watched quarantine. it with you it wasn't I, that I rewatched it for the third time with you because oh, you said yeah. you'd watch it and then you couldn't because you proud beat me into it and then yes you get sucked in and you start watching but and it's you not get something. sucked in and start watching you were hooked on James Kennedy and Sheena, you have the biggest look on your face. And I make jokes when I go, what? <laughs> and you delight in it every time. I I enjoy it, but it's not something that I gravitate towards and that I would ever watch by myself. It is but still you something enjoyed it. I you Yes, you do get sucked into it. You loved it. In, in, we were actually going to get you a cameo from Sheena for your birthday. Ugh. <laughs> And I would have divorced you on the spot. <laughs> For Sheena? Yes. Oh, oh. no. no. <laughs> oh, goodness. We've totally gone off. Anywho. Anyways, I'm just, I'm just giving our listeners an inside glimpse into your, your other side. It's all lies. No, it's not. What? All lies. All right, where were we? Um, I will check my notes. We were talking about... Oh, we're moving on to this role of social media in all of this. As so as with anything, media. and then we're wrapping this up. So hang in there. As with anything, <laughs> social media just magnifies whatever's happening in society. I don't think it's a real picture of boots on the ground, humans, all of that. Yeah. I'd like to remind people that the people that you follow on social media and health and wellness the vast majority of them, this is their job, myself included. My job is to make healthy meals, delicious and tasty. My job, even though I've stepped away momentarily while I'm pregnant from it, is to spend my day creating recipes that are healthy and put it on social media and make them look pretty. So pretty that you want to click on it and give me clicks to my website like, this is how it works. And I think you see that in fitness, too. Like, these people are working out. This is their living. Like, they work out two hours a day. Like, so when we're comparing, like, our physiques to that, like, that might not be a really good example. Yeah. Even for me. Like, you see all of our healthy foods, but I also have the opportunity. Like, this is what I've chosen to do for a living. Yeah. With that, I also am really conscious of how I use social media to show that sometimes that is not always the case. We get pizza. We do all of that stuff. Yeah. But there are a lot of people on social media that don't show that side. Yeah. We get stuck for time. We get in a time yeah. crunch. We don't – we forget to plan or we – We grab the habit after soccer yeah. practice. Yeah. That happens. Yeah. We get frozen yogurt. So I think sometimes – you either see people not posting it at all because they it doesn't fit their brand or they don't have it at all. And I'd venture to say there is some disordered food issues in that. Yeah, There are a lot of people that I see on social media that display signs of orthorexia without acknowledging that. I am not an expert on orthorexia. I'm not going to speak too much of it. But it's essentially like this dogmatic strict adherence controlling of your food which is essentially mm -hmm. disordered eating through extreme healthy 
I think that I've seen some people use social media that are recovering from disordered eating, mm-hmm. but I see that it's kind of shifted from more traditional versions of disordered eating to like orthorexia where you're showing all this food and, you know, whatever. I don't know. It Again, I'm not going to talk too much on it, but I see that from my perspective. Yeah. And that's also not to say, and let's not confuse that with being disciplined about your diet. Right. Because you're trying to achieve right. you know, a certain goal. Right. That's in my mind, that's completely different. Does any discipline go too far? Does any discipline go well, too no, far? Well, no, like is does Can't any dis- level of discipline go too far? Like if you are so disciplined about it, what's the difference between that and a and disordered eating? I don't know. Yeah. No, I, Again, I think, that's I think something that would be really cool to have an expert on. Yeah, there's a there's a line there somewhere, but I mean I I still think being disciplined about your diet is is and can be a very good thing. Um, yeah. And honestly, that's probably how if you have certain goals that relate to your, you know, your health and your wellness, and that might discipline might play a role in that. But I think yeah, I think there's a line about where that either becomes your identity or that becomes your thing that I don't know, there's a there's a line there somewhere. Absolutely. And I think too is um we just need to be conscious of who are you putting up on this platform of like guru status. Yeah. And there's no I, barrier to entry for guru status. No. <laughs> Maybe the wackier you get or the more extreme you get, I would say that. <laughs> um you know, one thing I will say is I'm not going to Dive it. It's kind of funny when I first put out that we were doing a podcast and I asked for suggestions. Mm-hmm. Overwhelmingly, mo- so many people, which I was not expecting at all, wanted to hear like behind the scenes, like stuff on social media, like what really goes on. And I'm like, well, that feels very tabloidy. Yeah. But I will tell people that if something feels off to you or you are not resonating with, someone's message or you're feeling like you should because everyone else is like your gut intuition is probably right. Yeah. And I've seen that play out over and over again. Yeah. Um, and these people, I feel like there are people that have large platforms that I've, and I'm hesitant because I think people are going to try to guess or think that I'm talking about a certain person. And I'm very hesitant to say anything because I'm not. And chances are you don't know who this person is, but There's people that like have plagiarized an entire cookbook that was, you know, yanked a month before market. There was somebody who completely not dogfished me. What is it? Catfished me. (laughs) Oh, my God. Catfished me. So I got halibated, everybody. (laughs) I got halibated. (laughs) I found completely catfished me who had a somewhat sizable platform for somebody. And then I've come to find out, I think this person has a lot of psychological issues who's gone on to like kind of try to lead a group. This is me being very whatever, but it's just like, is that person of sound mind? Like who are we actually creating these false relationships with? So if something feels off, like be discernible about Trust yourself. Discerning. Discerning. Whatever. I mean, you know what I'm talking about. I'm here, I'm here to help you, Michelle. Um, so, you know, I think we need to take the 
foot off the gas pedal on the importance we place into social media because there is a lot of BS behind the scenes. And I think that there are a lot of influencers that are shaking their head yes right now if they're listening. But no one's going to be like the idiot that comes out and starts drama. Yeah. So just know that that's there. Yeah. And one thing. And you know what? If you don't want to believe what we have to say, and that's it doesn't totally work, and that's totally cool. I don't have a six pack. I love handles. So, no, I have a giant belly. <laughs> you do. It's like I'm six <laughs> months pregnant right now. So maybe anything about what I say about diet and exercise, eh, you just say nope, doesn't work for me. And for those listening who don't know, I am actually six months pregnant too. I'm not just being <laughs> self depreciating, um, deprecating. Um. <laughs> 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 uh, so I hope that this, my intention for this episode is to shed some light that I don't want people so frustrated that if something isn't working for them, it's okay because there are flaws in the system, multiple steps along the way, and it's not going to be the magic pill for everybody, for the vast majority of people. Yeah. I think we can come back to like some more practical pillars of, you know, education and understanding what health, we don't need to be so extreme about it. You don't need to put so much stock into social media. Um, I agree that I will say some of these diets are almost like fun to try. I don't Mm -hmm. know another word. It's kind of interesting if you have the luxury to experiment with your diet and try new things. I feel like I'm in that position. I try new things. I tried the celery juice thing. But I'm also, we can come at that with an awareness. And that's what I want people to walk away with. And by trying trying new diets and new things, you might find a couple recipes that really resonate with you. Or you might find that your body responds really well to some aspects of it. Right. And that's a win. Yeah. And I think that that gets to the heart of my what I really want people to walk away with is feeling empowered that you can take bits and pieces from certain things and empower yourself to make those choices. Mm -hmm. You don't need a formal structure. Most people, but I venture to say, maybe you do it. Maybe you do it first. I'd venture to say that if you have the discipline to follow keto or vegan or whole 30 or paleo, if you have the discipline to follow those, which are do take discipline, Mm -hmm. you can have the discipline (laughs) To do it without those training wheels. Yeah. To make it relevant to what works for you and your lifestyle. It takes a o- level of honesty and responsibility to yourself. Mm-hmm. But if you are needing that structure, there's something else you should be thinking about, I think, of why is that. Yeah. So I want people to feel self-empowered to be able to look at what's on their plate and feel empowered by it and making their choices. And like you said, taking and picking and choosing things that work for you and incorporate that into your lifestyle and really thinking about those four pillars, which I think are really important access, mm-hmm. um, mental well being, which comes with stress and trauma or emotional state, mm-hmm. um, economics community, mm-hmm. like take these into account. There was one more. 
Oh, our society. Our society. Our society, which we're on the, we should have, let me get to that. God bless you, Brad. You should stand over there to sneeze. Um, Anyways, I really want, God bless you, listeners to feel empowered to make their food choices. And if you feel something isn't right or working for you, don't be so hard on yourself. Like, it's okay. These that you can do this. Yeah. Like you don't need a specific diet. You can find the choices that are right for you and create your own. Yeah. And I, I think that's ultimately what I want people to know. Yeah. So this is not the end all and be all of healthy. If you are unable to manage that. And yeah. if you feel it doesn't make sense for you, that's okay. I agree. Virtual you, hug, everybody virtual hug. Anyways. And that was my intention for wanting to do this is I think just shed some light on it. Yep. What we're doing here. Um, And you can eat healthy and feel good and do smaller changes without having to like change everything up. And welcoming y'all to season two of Get Wealthy. Woo woo. Boom. That was a dumb woo woo. That was kind of a dumb woo woo. (sighs) I wish I could take that back makes me sound stupid and bringing y'all into another season season two of get wealthy oh thank you that was kind you took the torch of stupid from me <laughs> i was kidding. trying to set you up for another woo woo to redeem yourself i don't want to do a, no i don't want any woo woo no okay. no woo woo right. anyways this season we're, it's going to be great we're going to dive into some um topics that are a little bit more nuanced we're mm-hmm. going to be having an episode coming up on spirituality has that also gone too far and kind of into this whole world of oh that sounded good thank you we should do our own sound effects effects. (laughs) um one thing i want to be talking about and brad you're going to be center on this one is kind of talking about men's mental health and the fact that i think males don't have quite the leeway to talk about mental health issues or struggles mm-hmm. and your relationships are just so vastly different than women's and it's very isolating i think for men so yeah. i think that's going to be a good one because listen if we don't get men up to speed on talking about feelings and healing their trauma and all of this stuff we're only going to get so far in evolution true right yep. <laughs> i mean there's going to be a backlog of like <laughs> damaged, conti- you know, I think so much has changed in society, you know, we'll, we'll get into that. That'll be a great one. So we've got some really good episodes coming up. Absolutely. I'm excited. Cool. All right. Thank you guys. Please, as always, if you enjoyed Get Wealthy, leave us a rate or comment or review. It helps us so much and we really appreciate it true help us help you and i think that's a wrap (laughs) all right see you next episode or hear you next episode what i don't know all right goodbye guys (laughs) 